Welcome to The Danger Room, a Marvel Crisis Protocol podcast focused on helping you to prepare for the opponents you are yet to face. We discuss strategy, tips, tricks, and things you should be considering to level up your gameplay. You can continue the conversation with us on our free Discord, and if you've been enjoying our podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon if you're in a position to do so. Links will be in the show notes. This is a competitive-focused podcast, so bear in mind that our opinions are focused through that lens. Regular members include Jacob, Sploosh, Mike, and Chewy. Hello and welcome to the second of the Season 7 Top 4 interviews. This time I'm joined by Michael Jenkins. Hey Michael, how's it going? It's going really well, thanks Jacob. Uh, How are you travelling? Yeah, not too bad, getting there slowly. Uh, again, you're not someone we've had on the any any our podcast before or any of these interviews before. Do you want to just give us a little potted history of your your background and a, a bit a bit about you? Yeah, sure. Um, so um, I haven't played a lot of tabletop stuff in the past. I bought Marvel Crisis Protocol when it first came out um, because superheroes, and I've always been a bit about that. But uh, my background is probably a bit more in sporting basketball and in Thai boxing. Um, and then I kind of got into this, but for the first year, I was kind of playing against myself through COVID and here and there with family members or friends, if I could rope them into giving it a go. And now we started to build up a bit of a community in my little small town, which is good. Um, and I didn't, I saw all the stuff around TTS, but I'm not very confident with computers. So I didn't really give it a go. And then, uh, I jo- commented on something and then joined a Melbourne, uh, MCP kind of a messenger thread and they were doing a one day thing on TTS and they said, we'll teach you. And then Abby actually taught me, she, she said, I'll, I'll show you how it all works. So that was good. And then had a go at that. And they like, and I did okay. And I thought, oh, this isn't too bad. Now I understand how it works. Um, but the season six had already started. So I joined that late. Um, I missed the first round, but joined it and went four and one and had a good time and thought, yeah, I'm going to give this another crack. And it was just kind of nice to play against some different people and go, yeah, I'm not too bad at this game. I, I understand it. Brilliant. Um, and you're predominantly a Guardians roster, right? So what attracted you to Guardians? Um, I really loved the movies. So um, when the Guardians models came out, I, I really, really wanted them. Um, I played them mostly. Uh, I played Guardians and Asgard in my first kind of year playing against myself and whoever would play against me. They were kind of my jam early on, not realizing how bad they were in the meta. Um, but I also used cards like Drop Off and Brace and um, Patch Up and everybody who played against me had to pick from the rest. So um, <laughs> at that time, I didn't realize that I was borderline cheating with cards that weren't quite restricted or banned yet. But um, yeah, I really enjoy those characters. I enjoyed um, kind of that theme. And then I thoroughly enjoyed you know, running that thematic Deadly Duo card and then when they're allowed to be good again, um, I just wanted to jump back on that bandwagon. Mm. Uh, and how have you found them into the meta? Yeah, I guess that's a confusing question for me um, because I don't f- always fully understand when people are talking about the meta. Um, okay. I assume it means those, those characters that get brought a lot and I guess those strategies or uh, team tactic cards that get brought a lot. Um I think obviously Guardians have been very popular again this season and, and a lot of people have had some different success with them. Um, I uh, Yeah, I find 
I find that they 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 can match it with most things. I think they struggle most into a, a team that can heavily control them because they don't have many control elements themselves. Um, but yeah, I think I think they're a strong affiliation, and I think that's probably been reflected in this season. Hmm. And have you got a favourite splash model? Because you've got a couple here who stand out as kind of the good models to play with Guardians, but do you have one that you like the best? Uh, my favourite splash model is Hulk. Um, I used to splash him in my um, the original Guardians when they were bad and when Hulk was bad, and I tried to make him take some damage and then use uh, burn a, wing, uh, a team tactic card to do a big thunderclap. It rarely worked. Um, usually he'd be dead before he got to do that or... Um, he had to do it when he wasn't beat up too bad and it was fairly ineffectual. But as soon as they kind of all got revamped, I just wanted to bring them back together. Um, I find that they're really fun. Um, I like how Hulk feels like Hulk on the tabletop. I know not everybody always likes playing into him. Um, I've played into him a few times this season as well. And um, I just, I, I really enjoy that model and the fact that you've got so many cheap models that you can bring him in, um, I think is... It's a good home for him. And just that extra consistency he likes. Every model mm. does, but particularly him. It feels bad when you're rolling 10 plus dice in your whiff. So just, yeah. Okay, let's talk about the big purple elephant in the room. What's Thanos doing in your list? Uh, same thing. I've kind of found that uh, with the new wing in it token rules, you can go wide with... Um, Guardians, obviously, they've got a lot of low threat characters, but you don't get a lot of value out of that leadership um, when you go wide. In my opinion, Sam Span, you get a lot of leadership value out of that leadership by going wider. In this, you kind of you're spreading that out, and some you're giving winging it tokens to cat models that aren't that high a threat or higher value on the table. Um, and then uh, I heard some different stuff about how Thanos can be used in the extract game, and I thought, well, if I don't get my ideal scenario with secures. I can potentially um, splash Thanos instead of a Hulk and I can manipulate um, more characters on the field and um, get a bit of an advantage on extracts with him. Um, so that was the thinking behind him. I do enjoy playing him. I know some people find him a bit oppressive. I've only rolled him out once so far in the this season, but I have played him with him a bit on the table and I really enjoy him. Um, I think he's fun and I think he works well with Guardians being able to death decree um, some of those kind of uh, glass cannons who hit hard, allow them to hit that bit harder before they fall. Um, and he just gives them a lot of control, which they otherwise don't have. So, And also, I just like the idea of that he's running around with his son-in-law. That's funny in my mind. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Um, what about Angela? Because she's a great character, but how often does she actually make the table for you? Uh, pretty often. I run a lot of high threat scenarios um, and other people tend to as well. Um, and she she combos well with Thanos when I'm trying to play an extract game um, because of her mobility and the way she can get to the center line and then move away. And then she's pretty durable. Um, and I also will run her alongside Hulk at 19. Um because I would rather go one less model and try and uh, have priority more often than not um, than go wider um, because that just suits my play style and the things that I'm trying to do more. Um, so, yeah, I think my core is definitely Rocket, Groot, and Star-Lord. And then Hulk's probably the most common fourth character. But Angela probably sees more play than Thanos for me. 
um, and probably sees more play than, yeah, probably most of the rest of the roster. So you, you've also got Hulkbuster and Avengers Assemble. So technically we've got a dual affiliation roster here with Avengers. Yeah, that was something I did that was a bit silly just before. I, I only run stuff that I own and I just had bought Hulkbuster and I knew he was coming in the mail and I was a bit excited. And the one game I'd lost in um, the Swiss rounds was uh, we, it was 20 threat scoundrels into Web Warriors and he did a really good job of controlling me. Um, and we had the same number of activations and because he wasn't putting damage into me, he was just moving me around the place. I never got priority and I never was able to have an optimal uh, turn with, um, and so I thought I really want to kind of go, be able to go five wide at 20 and I was going to put in Soul Strange um, and I practiced that a little bit and then I saw Hulkbuster was coming. I got a bit excited and I was like, no, I'm just going to put him in. And then I play tested him. And for the thir- three first games I threw him in there, he was horrendous. Hmm. Um, he got, he did, went from zero damage to 13 damage on his healthy side from one attack, a mutant absorption, and a throw from Rogue. And I thought, what have I done? Um, so he hasn't seen the table in um, the season, um, but I have played with him a bit more since then and learned to play him a bit better, and he is quite effective. But it's just, again, that idea of having another high threat, high value target on the table that can really benefit from the extra consistency. Um, And it kind of makes the opposition have to think a little bit about who they're going to target into or who they're going to choose to control because not many people have a lot of ways to control four threats. Uh, Sorry, size four characters. Mm. Um, That was a theory, but I haven't whipped him out yet. Also, the Avengers Assemble was for... Ah, probably don't want to talk about that too much. Um, but the, the thinking was as another option for Gamma at 15 is I could go Hulk, Hulkbuster and either Groot or Star-Lord, um, which is my thinking, but I don't know that it's that great. And then when I had the opportunity to Gamma at 15 the other day, I didn't pick it. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so when we've uh, I can think maybe, maybe it's, um, you might run Hulkbuster leadership in something like Brotherhood. Yeah, and and, it, and it, particularly at that lower threat, um, if I get, obviously I can't, I could do it at twenty with Thanos, Hulk, and Hulkbuster, and that'd be funny. Um, but yeah, is at that lower threat kind of things. If I go into Brotherhood, that might be a good option because they're gonna have, they're only gonna have one or two models more anyway, um, with their sixth threat leader and the fact that they're probably gonna want to bring Juggernaut. Um, that is a possibility. But yeah, he's um, yeah, he was kind of thrown in just before the cut games, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. But he's there, and he looks shiny on the table. <laughs> uh, one more thing that stood out to me uh, when I was looking at your character selection was Hood. I'm going to talk to what his role in the roster is. Uh, Hood gets played when I'm on 17 in most 17 scenarios because um, um, I can go another unaffiliated character. I like that he's a six dice beater when he's um, on his um, possessed in his possessed form, and he gets some, can get some good value with that. And his spender with the winging it tokens for a three threat character hits well above his weight, which is in keeping with the rest of the guardians. And then Hulk doesn't mind bleed too much, um, but he does like to get three health back. So um, when he's on his healthy side, I've got some good healing cards, and then Hood can come in and, and Hulk. 
Um, I think once somebody had to put 31 damage into Hulk to get him down. Um, not in this season, but in previous games. So I, I like Hood in there when I'm running Hulk is just another walking med pack at low threat cost. Mm, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Uh, especially in combination with Hulk, I can see that. Mm. I wanted to talk a little bit about your crises because there's uh, some interesting choices here. So uh, should we start with extracts? You've got hammers. Great. Um, I can. That's kind of a, a industry standard at the minute. But then for your other two, you've gone Alien Ship and Deadly Legacy. So is there a rationale there? Um, I went for high higher threat scenarios because I wanted to run um, uh, where possible. I wanted to run some big models, big characters in terms of their threat value. Uh, Alien Ship is obviously a good one for an attrition-based team, which is kind of what I'm generally running. Um, you know, provided they don't get it straight away and run away with it. Um, there's always fortune in this game, whether it's good or bad. Um, and then Legacy, I've had, um, don't have necessarily a specific play with it, but I've had a lot of success running it. Um, I got Mission Objective in my roster and multiple times when I've played my Guardians in the past, I've managed to get all three. I think I did it in one of the cut games as well. I think I got, um, no, one of the Swiss games. I got all Legacy cures onto the one character to win that game. And I think it's just a fun, it's a fun scenario. Um, yeah, I like it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you've had some success with it, but you're, I would be concerned in, if, this was, if this was my roster that I've got no Black Cat, no Voodoo, and if I come up against them on that, then that could be a bad time for me. Yeah, I think the game I did win, I think they did have Voodoo. Um, but... Um, yeah, I, I think that Thanos is a good one on that um, scenario where I've got a lot of hard-hitting characters and I can pick somebody up who's got it from the midline and bring him back into my area and just um, make a meal of them. Um, mm-hmm. Angela can get one and move away fairly safely. Um, and if I if I get that off priority, I feel pretty good that I can get two and then I can chase down the third. Um, obviously, Voodoo and, and Black Cat are a problem regardless of the scenario and there's the potential for them to score big there. Um, but in my previous experience um, against those characters, is they're just as squishy as most people. And if you make them priority targets, you can you can negate that. But mm-hmm. that's just my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, flipping over to secures then. Intrusions makes a lot of sense. I think that's kind of a, a, st- a staple for attrition-focused teams that aren't Black Order. I think Black Order probably doesn't like it as much. Um, but Gamma, you haven't got. You said yourself you've not got that much in the way of control in in your standard builds. How have you I found like, Gamma's playing for you? I like to have um, my targets bunched up, so I like season ease. I like it that. I don't want to be too spread out. Hey, everybody out there, when you're playing me next, um, <laughs> if I can help it, I'd rather everybody be bunched up. And the thing that Gamma does for me is that it makes everybody bunch up. That means that my Hulk doesn't have to go chasing people. It means that if I get off a good deadly duo turn, I can hit everybody. And one of my restricted cards I brought is bit rivals. So if I can get a secure that's going to make everybody come to the middle, I can maximize the value I get out of that card. Um, with my hard hitting low threat models. So um, I've had a lot of success on Gamma. 
I wish it was 14 or 16 or 18 instead of 15, but <laughs> it is what it is. And uh, I, it's probably, Intrusion is probably my favorite secure, um, but Gamma is a close second. And then Terrigen, I guess you've got a similar thing. People bunch up on that and it's got a high threat value. So it hits kind of both of the things you've spoken to already. That's right. And then Hulk's immune to poison, which is a nice little bonus. Um, it can uh, really impact those kind of uh, affiliations that don't want to be poisoned that struggle with their power gain. I know there's only a handful of characters who are like that, but it's nice. A lot of my characters don't need excess um, power to be effective. Um, I would have um, demons downtown, but I don't own the Ghost Rider model. So um, we bring that one instead. Mm. Um, you've already spoken to, to Bit of Rivals as one of your restricted cards. Have you felt that you've missed field dressing or you've missed Brace for Impact? Um, brace possibly. used to. I used to always run Brace in Med Pack until I got that um, pack that had um, Bit of Rivals in it. And uh, I'd say no. Um, there's times where you wish you had Brace, definitely. Um, there's only a handful of things that can throw your size right. four. Um, obviously when they do, that can be nasty. Um, but often people want to throw Hulk away to try and um, minimize his impact uh, rather than do damage on a two or a three threat character. Um, seems to be what I've seen a bit. Um, but I, at the end of the day, I'm not going to win games by out positioning your models or redirecting your models. So I need to do damage and bit arrivals allows me one turn in a game where I can do a lot of damage. And that for me is greater value than um, preventing say four damage in one round. Brace is a great card and there's cards where it's games where it's hugely clutch for people. I get that, but I find bit of rivals being, if I didn't have bit of rivals, I probably wouldn't have made top four. Mm. It's been probably my most, well, one of my most important cards. Yeah, and then okay, I guess follow me dovetails into that same strategy you're talking about there. Yeah, um, so I've had, it's not always possible, but I've had some um, some really good turns where I've been able to um, bit rivals into a deadly duo, into a follow me and just nuke some people in a turn and get up on the game. Um, and that's kind of obviously the ideal scenario. Hey, everybody who I might be playing soon. Um, <laughs> but... You know that's not always possible, but where it is, it's it's huge. It's got a far greater impact than, uh, say, a brace for me in my roster. Yep. Uh, you're talking about your size fours getting displaced. I noticed there's no indomitable. Is that again because it's uh, your you only take what you own? Yeah, I don't own it, so can't run it. My own little arbitrary rule. Um, so, and also because. I've been playing a bit more TTS since I started this season and getting more games with people in Melbourne. So thank you to Brenton and Matthew in particular. Um, but most of what I play, I play on the table. So again, most of my practicing with friends locally, um, not on the computer. And so I don't have a lot of, if I'm not playing it regularly, I don't really want to bring it. You've got crew of the Milano. Uh, how have you, have you been playing it much and have you been finding it effective? Um, I probably wouldn't bring it again. Um, I've <laughs> probably run it a couple of times. Um, it's, yeah, I would say that it's probably, yeah, you you want your team tactic cards to do more. Definitely. Mm. Um, especially when kind of I'm bringing high value pieces 
you know, people are mostly wanting to put the conditions on and it doesn't affect them um, because they're not guardians. So uh, probably would get the axe if I had my time again. Um, and I may have my time again next season or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, probably, yeah. Not one that I'm recommending. <laughs> How do you feel about lovable misfits? Uh, my experience, I don't like it. Um, I found that, again, I'm, I'm, if I'm running four or five wide, usually it's only three to four guardians. Often when I need them to hit, they move. When I need them to move, they stay. Um, just that it's a fun thematic card. I, I love it to read it, but to play it, I find it um, mostly underwhelming, if not frustrating. I know other people can pop off with it, and that's great. But um, And obviously, it's a dice game, and I like to roll mm. lots of dice with my rosters, <laughs> but that's something I love all misfits. I can leave at home. Okay, and Gamma Launch, That's uh, is that kind of thinking you were going to be Gamma Launching Hulkbuster? Was that kind of half in your mind I when you put that in? I brought it originally. Um, I'm... Yeah, look, I think I just brought it in because I thought, why not? Um, I don't think yeah. I've taken it. If I have taken it, it, w it was underwhelming. I used mm. to run it a bit, since it's been errated and you can't do it on somebody else's activation, it is um, less impactful, obviously. Um, uh, it's another card that I probably wouldn't bring again and probably what I should have dropped for Avengers Assemble. Um, but you live and you learn. Yeah, for sure. What about We Are Groot? Have you found that essential to the way your team's playing? Um, yeah, I don't bring it every time, but I bring it often. And I've found it's been huge for me. It probably heals on average about five health a game that I bring it. Um, often you have lots of characters who have taken a bit of damage because I've picked scenarios where, or secures where we're often are bunched up. I can, and I bring that, I can generally um, heal off two or three or four characters at a time. Um, and Hulk loves a bit of extra healing, so I find we are grouped to be great for the way I play. Hmm. Yep, I can see it goes goes lovely with Hulk uh, and Thanos too. Actually, hmm. I wanted to talk just uh, a bit about Guardians generally. Yep, because there's maybe a, a, a perception that Guardians are you roll dice and you know sometimes the dice come up your way and sometimes they don't. And maybe they're not as deep or as tactical as some other factions. Have you got a take on that? Um, I guess so. I've heard that a bit. Um, I had a bit of a chuckle to myself when I heard it. Because you're not wrong. Nobody's wrong. There, there is, it is dice dependent, but the game's dice dependent. Um, you can have a poor turn with any character in anything. It brings a little bit of extra consistency, which is nice. But obviously, there are people who are having success with Guardians and other people who aren't having as much success. And that could be just down to who rolled better on the day. But I, I think that people do bring different um, splash characters, different team tactic cards. They bring different strategies. And I think they've got, in my opinion, as much depth as any other affiliation, provided you want to put that much thought into them. But uh, I think they're a really fun affiliation. And everybody's entitled to their opinion. <laughs> For sure. Um, what about... I feel like target priority is a really important part of that sort of skill package to piloting Guardians. Well, have you got any thoughts on how you go about prioritizing which, who you're attacking? Yeah, 100%. I think that is probably the most important thing with any attrition team. Obviously, my own limited experience here, but if you need to really in those moments, sometimes I think we get a 
preconceived idea of who we want to attack or who we want to take out. But sometimes you've got to think about whether you want them to daze now or whether if you daze them too early, you're going to lose priority next turn and you really want priority next turn for a really big turn. Um, sometimes you like, oh, if I put a lot of damage into this character, they're going to have power, they're going to burn me back. But I might rather let them have this activation now that, that I can daze them early in the next round. Um, I, I think it's a turn by turn thing and you can't get too fixated on one idea of what you want to do because often your opponents will do something different to what you're expecting and you've got to be a little bit flexible. Um, but I think that knowing what your models can do and what damage they're likely to put out um, and how much health different characters have left and how valuable they are in a moment of a game varies. And I think that's really important to be able to do. Um, and I think that's what allows sometimes, you know, you have dice variable definitely, but sometimes people are able to come back in um, games that don't look great for them because they're able to prior, prior, excuse me, prioritize those targets well. Um, and I think there's a lot of thought that goes into that. It's not just point and shoot. I think there's a lot of thought that goes into negating activations for opponents or negating points by dropping somebody at a particular time or negating somebody at the right time when their allies don't have enough power to field dressing them, for example. So I think there's lots of things to think about. Hmm. What do you reckon would be a, um, a nightmare matchup for your roster? Um, yeah, great question. I, I think, um, I think the new brotherhood are, are, are great with juggernaut. I think he, he's, um, he's a challenge on the table. I think that I, um, web warriors are tough for me because I think web warriors have so much control and so many ways to manipulate you and take you out of um, what you want to be doing, um, which I, I don't do well. And they're also fairly tanky with their rerolls, um, which makes it harder for me to eliminate them in the ways that I would like to. Um, so probably they're the two affiliations that probably jump out at me is probably being the most challenging for me. And I think they're mm. still around. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, just on Juggernaut, I think actually Guardians are one of the better placed factions to deal with Juggernaut because his weakest uh, defense is energy defense. So if you're going to try and attrition him, you want to do it with energy. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think that there are, the difficulty with that is that there's other high priority targets in Brotherhood <laughs> now. Where you've got Magneto, yeah. you've got Rogue who can put out a whole lot of herd as well. Um, and then it takes a fair bit to chew through a juggernaut. Um, yeah, I, th I think the fact that we can put energy tax into him is definitely a good thing, but the fact that he can spend power, he's always got power to reduce that damage. He's got a lot of health on, on his healthy side. Um, yeah, I'm not saying he's not beatable. I think everybody in the game is workaroundable and beatable, but um, I think he just does pose a strong question. For, and his um, team tactic card into my Hulk can be nasty. Um, yeah, but yeah, they're probably web warriors. I think traditionally what I cha find most challenging, um, but new new look brotherhood are, are tough. Mm, okay, well, huge congratulations on getting this far in the season, and uh, I really look forward to watching the rest of your games. and And good luck, uh, and maybe hopefully see you in the finals and winning it. <laughs> uh, that'd be a big hope, but thank you, I appreciate that. Um, and cheers for the interview. And yeah, thanks, Jacob. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our thoughts on the game. As the game changes, the information in this episode may become less relevant, so bear that in mind if you're listening from the future. 
We also want to thank Discount Games Inc. and Blackgate Games. If you don't have a local game store and they can't get what you're looking for, check out those guys. They'll sort you out. Finally, a big thank you to Atomic Mass Games for making such an awesome game. We'll see you next time in The Danger Room. Simulation complete.